0: Good day, everyone. My name is Herbal Santiago, and I'm the writer of Alodas Quest for the Golden Tree. Today, we will be reading Chapter Six, The Aswang Attack. The whole party was in an uproar the next day. The source of which I learned when Kuya Maliksi dragged me towards the place where everyone was converging while we were on our way to school. As further punishment, he was my babysitter for the day. Not that I needed nor wanted one. I didn't know who was more annoyed. Me or him. On our way to school, several kids Kuya Maliksi's age came up to us. They bowed Kuya Maliksi over, grinning, Nice victory yesterday! Yeah, totally knocked him out! You little bastard! Small but terrible! There were awe and adoration in their voices. Kuya Maliksi tried to conceal the grin, but didn't quite make it. It was obvious he was enjoying the attention. I can't help but roll my eyes. Apparently, the amateur baxer fighting in a makeshift arena of ground and sounds and sweats was Kuya Maliksi. I tagged Kuya Maliksi's arm. He ignored me. What happened to your face? said Gardo, coming closer to examine Kuya Maliksi's face. I thought you were in clean yesterday. Kuya Maliksi snorted. That good-for-nothing scumbag could have been decent enough. Tried to take me on with a bunch of hooligans as I was going home. Dirty git. If I listen enough, I think I'll get yesterday's full story. You fought with him? Damn, priya Maliksy corrected. And? You think I let them look all over me? He said mysteriously, puffing himself up. Asshole, the boys cheered, clapping him even harder. I'm vomiting behind my hands. I never got that. Treating bidding someone up as if it was a cause for celebration. Boys, really? I tugged Kuya Maliksi's hands more urgently. Okay, hissed Kuya Maliksi, consenting. To his friends, he said, gotta go. We set off after that. Scarcely had we took a few steps when we got restricted again. A group of people were congregating at the place bounded by yellow police line. It said, do not cross looking very grim and serious. I gasped when I moved closer. There were two bodies sprawled on the ground. Did you think they were salvaged? said Gagalit Maritez in a carrying whisper, her voice loud among the throngs. Their bodies were riddled with bullet wounds. Only the police can have guns, right? Here, to be salvaged meant to be released from prison and to be shot incessantly while prisoners run to safety, immediately thereafter. Kagawad Marites wasn't the only one keen on having her opinions heard, either. "'No way!' said another, throwing furtive looks towards the police officers nearby, who, upon hearing what Kagawad Marites said, bristled. "'Have you seen the marks? It's all closet marks. No human hands could ever do that.' "'What are you saying?' Asked God Marites, her voice deepening suspiciously. How could it be possible? There are no swongs in this barangay. We drove them away years and years ago. Don't spot nonsense, Lala. Her voice was almost angry. The two bodies were in earth, horrifically silent. <coughs> I looked away immediately, convulsing silently. Look at the state of them, said one townfolk, dubious. Look at the state of them, mimicked Mangoryo. Heart and liver taken out. That's the work of the devil. The old man was insistent, toothless mouth set in a grim line, as if that explains everything. There's no way it wasn't a swung attack, is it? asked another. Aswang was a mythical creature that attacked under cover of darkness. It lived off human flesh, eating the heart and liver of its victims. No possible creature could be worse than Aswang. The victims' bodies were positioned in awkward angles, ears turned away from annoying gossips. One was facing the sun, the other the earth. The face we can see looked indistinguishable. All we could see was the expression of extreme terror blood stage floor. It, indeed, might be the work of a filthiest one. Kuya hand closed on my eyes. For a while, all I saw was the blankness of his hands. Let's go, he said grimly, pawing me onwards. I followed him obediently. At school, mathematics, English, and science buried the grim scene away from my mind. I was half grateful for that. It was almost a periodical test. To honor the occasion, the teachers were heaping us with tones and tones of assignments. I spent my break time poring over one particularly tough math equation. Yet there were some that remained thoroughly unconcerned about the exams. Quite apart from everyone else, Adoration and a couple of other students head-to-head, they were talking in hushed and excited voices. Clara was with them. She was twirling her braids in an expression of disinterest, but listening in all the same. Brandon, the thin kid who wore large glasses and had rather large front teeth, was with them. His best friend, McKissig, a cute boy of plum cheeks and deep dimples, joined them. He always did what Brandon did. Aterasia was still not talking to me. I resorted to eavesdropping to learn what they were up to. I suddenly edged my chair closer. We have to decide on the date and time now, argued Ataracial firstly. Patience has never been one of her virtues. Not so fast, argued Brandon. We have to prepare foods and drinks first. What would we eat if we don't? Fungi? Makisig snorted. Definitely she could survive on that, he said flatly. We can't. Ataracial threw him a glare. Makisig smirked back. And we have to prepare shelters, continued Brandon, as if there were no interruptions. I think I could sneak out the camping tent Papa bought last summer. Will it be enough for all of us? asked Atiracial doubtfully. Go bring one too if you're not satisfied, snapped Brandon hotly. Atiracial, glowing hot in the face, swallowed an angry retort. She knew, as well as I, that it would be impossible to find so much as a functional tarp in her house. Everything they owned was scraps and rubbish. We don't even know where it is. Do you even know where it is? Demanded Makisig ID. I have an idea, answered at She laid, She leaned in closer so that the group could hear her answer. I leaned in too. Most unfortunately, the chair had had enough. It toppled comically with an almighty plop. I tumbled sidewardly. The whole class roared in laughter. The group stopped their conference at, all, at once, howling with mirth. Atheracia sniggered. Makisi laughed so hard it looked like there was a tsunami in there. Cheeks flaming, I struggled to salvage my dignity and righted myself. With a last look at me, Atheracia and her group, so croaking up, got up and moved outside. I buried myself in my notebook turn between embarrassment and anger. Chapter 6 The Aswang Attack Once again, this is a chapter from Alana's quest for the golden tree. If you need, if you want to read and listen to this At the same time, you can visit my website, herbalsantiagomanunolat.wordpress.com. You may also subscribe in this YouTube account so you will be notified of the latest recordings. That's it for today. I'll see you next time for Chapter 7. Have a good day, everyone. Bye!